Hey everyone, welcome to my show. It's Lauren. I'm hardly on here anymore. Honestly, I don't really enjoy podcasting the way that I used to. I still like it, but it just doesn't light me up like it did in the past. And that's okay. A lesson I'm learning is that we are allowed to change our mind. And it's actually good when we outgrow things because that means that we're growing, whether it's people or priorities it's all part of the process. It's normal for things in our life to shift. And so for today's episode, I'm recording this on February 12th, but I'm going to put it out for Valentine's Day because I've had a lot of lessons in my life on love and relationships, and it all boils down to ourself at the end of the day. And so for this February 14th, I wanted to share a podcast on dating yourself, being alone, and the lessons I've learned in the last decade of life. I'm 29 years old, but my romantic approach, my relationship with myself, my self-love, and what used to turn me on and how I used to date in my early 20s looks drastically different than it does now when I'm almost 30. So if you're listening to this episode, you can also check out, I'm going to make a post on Instagram on what used to turn me on and what turns me on now, something along those lines. So I just wanted to share a little bit about my journey since I've learned everything practically the hard way. So dating in my early twenties, I'll be honest, I was a walking red flag myself versus 10 years later now, it feels and looks a lot differently. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. So I was dating from a mindless, unintentional, and traumatized place of low to no self-worth, really. I allowed my wounds to operate every behavior, every emotion in my life. The way I felt about myself was strictly determined on how other people saw me or treated me. And so I entertained disrespect, abuse, violence, aggression, so many things. I tolerated toxicity. I was toxicity and dysfunction was my norm because it felt comfortable to me. It was familiar. It felt like home because it was all that I had known and all that I had been conditioned to accept and observe growing up. I had absolutely zero regard for myself or my body. And so I went for any and everything that showed me the slightest bit of interest. All it took was a guy having to tell me I'm pretty or buy me McDonald's and I thought he was cute. And so I just yearned for and fought for their attention because I saw external validation and being gratified by people on the outside as the barometer for what I deserved, how I should be treated, my value. And so even if it was insincere, I allowed myself to go for these type of people because I felt lucky enough to be chosen by someone, even if that person was a narcissist or however, if they had ghosted me, rejected me, didn't matter because I just felt so 
lucky and happy to be quote unquote chosen again, even if it was ingenuine, because growing up, I never felt wanted. My core wound was feeling abandoned and unlovable. So I mistook that false sense of being quote unquote seen as this is what love is. So quantity mattered more than quality to me. I chased red flags, codependency was my middle name, and I prioritized the person I was seeing over everything in my life. I mean, if they wanted to hang out, I would skip school to hang out. If they wanted to do something, but I didn't want to do it, I just said yes, because I wanted to keep them. And it came to the point where it was at the the fault of losing myself, of sacrificing my sanity, of trading my integrity in every relationship that I entered. And I had so much internalized self-disgust that I longed after people who treated me with hatred simply because they were a mirror to my own self-hatred, to my own self-loathing. And luckily for me, I have learned along the way, time and time again, that no person, no thing is worth abandoning ourselves. And the person who should be number one in our lives is us. And so, you know, these are some critical lessons that I've learned along the way through many, many, many mistakes. But hopefully by sharing this, you won't need to make the same mistakes. And I'm even hesitant to call them mistakes because I feel like they have shaped me into who I am today. And I'm proud of who I am. I'm an intelligent, wonderful person that has so much to offer. And I didn't see that. <laughs> it took a lot of grief, heartbreak, trauma, and loss for my eyes to open. But... And still, I'm a work in progress. I mean, I am making this episode because it is relevant to something that is happening in my life right now. But here are some lessons and things that contrast and compare to my early 20s versus now. So what used to turn me on in my early 20s was emotionally unavailable fuckboys. And now I'm starting to gravitate more towards people that are emotionally available Perhaps because there's a saying that says when you're attracted to emotionally unavailable people, it means you are simply emotionally unavailable yourself. Another thing that I used to do was I used to objectify myself to get more praise from men to affirm my desirability. And now I know that sure, maybe showing more skin may attract larger quantities of people, but being classy and staying true to myself and staying in my feminine energy attracts higher quality people. Another thing I used to do was, and this is maybe controversial, I used to always want to pay for the man or split the bill and offer to buy all these things because I thought that if I did that, if I put so much effort in, if I tried really hard, then I would quote unquote win them. 
And now I just sit back, relax, and allow myself to be provided for because that's what I want in a partner. It doesn't necessarily have to be what you want. It's okay. Um, but for me, it is a deal breaker if a man cannot show me that he wants to support me. He wants to take care of me. He wants to provide for me. Again, that's just my value and you are free to disagree, but then just don't date me. Doesn't mean I'm wrong. <laughs> Another one I used to do huge was taking rejection personally. So now I know that anyone who doesn't see my worth is not worth my time. And quite honestly, nothing is ever personal in our lives. How other people treat us, their timeline, their life is their own business. And if someone doesn't see how high value I am, now my first initial reaction is to think something's wrong with them and that they have really bad taste in girls. So I'm turned off by that. Another one is trying to get men to value me and begging to be wanted. I remember I was in one relationship, my last serious relationship where my ex had broken up with me like three or four times. And I remember just crying on the phone, begging him, please don't leave me. And now I'm just nauseated by that idea. But I understand when we're in love, it, um, you know, it's different because our emotions are evolved. But now I'd like to say that I recognize my own value within myself. So nothing nobody can do will affect my sense of self. Another one I touched on was seeking praise on the outside to affirm my lovability. And now I want you, I want us to get to the point where we love ourselves so much, we don't need to obtain external validation on the outside to be the thermostat to how we are doing, how good we are, how pretty we are. Nothing. Because we are so sure of ourselves, we have such strong self-concept that it is unwavering, really. Another one is giving dozens of chances in hopes they will change. Girl, you are not Bob the Builder, please. Something I'm practicing now is walking away at the first sight of a red flag because I was saying this to my friend the other day about someone that I recently uh, was going out with. I said, he's so kind. He is so sincere. He's this, he's this, he's that, but he's not healthy, but he smokes, but he eats junk food all the time, but he just, all these things isn't as ambitious as me. And she's like, Lauren, you could get someone that is nice and kind and all those positive qualities without those negative deal breaker qualities, you know? So we have to aim higher, baby girl. We have to raise the bar. <laughs> I'm working on it though, really. I'm getting there. I'm getting closer, I think. The other one is protecting their feelings by sacrificing myself, always saying yes and over apologizing. No one, no one, nobody, nothing is worth sacrificing our peace of mind. You need to protect your peace at all costs, really. If someone is not growing with you, if they're not lifting you up, they're only going to drag you down. And we don't need to be dating a child or someone we have to raise. This is a big one. Hookups, friends with benefits, casual sex, and one night stands. For me at this point in my life, and you could be at a different place in your life, but I require so much more. The person needs to invest in me and earn my intimacy over time. For me, it's not worth it. And for me, when you have sex too quickly, 
it just blurs the lines and it can be super easy to ignore all the red flags because the sex is so good. <laughs> or maybe it's not, who knows? <laughs> Ignoring my intuition because I don't want to be right about a person and remaining in denial. This is probably the biggest lesson I continue to learn is to not repeat the past mistakes. If you want something new for your life and better for yourself, you have to do something differently and trusting your inner knowing because it's always right. And really, let's be right about people. It's not cute to lie to yourself because you want to see the best in them or you want to be wrong. Really, it's a good thing to lose low effort people because they're not aligned with you. So if your body says no, you need to say no and listen to it. Do not overlook those warning signs in the beginning. Trust me, it doesn't get better. It gets worse. And then like five years later, you ask yourself, why did I ignore that? I should have done X, Y, and Z. It was all clear from the beginning, but I just chose to look a different way. This one goes out to all my girlies, people pleasing. So you're always seen as the good guy. Thankfully with age, you know, I know a lot of people say that like your twenties is your prime when you're at your best. Like, fuck that. I was such a doormat. I was cared so much about people liking me, making everyone happy, being the nice girl. Now I don't give a fuck if I offend you. Really. I don't give a fuck if I make you uncomfortable because I'm saying no since you made me uncomfortable and you didn't seem to care. As long as we're true to ourselves, we cannot go wrong. And that is first and foremost. Trying to save traumatized men. Oof. Like I said, we are not Bob the Builder, okay? Walk away before they can traumatize you, baby girl. Overgiving in hopes it'll keep someone from leaving me. <sighs> Give what is earned, really. Give what is earned. I know what it's like to go the extra mile for people and they don't deserve it. So equally give what is rightfully earned through developed trust and mutual respect. My early 20s was all about bare minimum settling energy as well as believing words over actions. Now I'd like to say I'm pretty hard to impress, maybe because I've seen it all before, but I do realize that consistency is key. It is such a turn on when someone is consistent, really. <laughs> I'd say this is like the number one turn on for me now is consistency. I'm like, yes, daddy, you be consistent. <laughs> Um, with that, I used to care about, you know, being attracted to them, them being super sexual, then all these vain kind of superficial material things. And that immediate spark, there had to be intense sexual chemistry. I chased the lust or else I wouldn't give them a second chance or I wouldn't continue seeing them. And now I go for the slow burn. I allow people to grow on me over time and I find it to be a lot more reliable and sustainable. I used to fight to win people over and play a game of chase and mouse of who cares less, who texts first, those things that are so unimportant and insignificant. And like I said before, now, if you don't see what I have to offer, you are giving the ick and goodbye. And also communicating authentically from the get-go. 
really being honest and transparent with your intentions is so important and helpful because it saves you so much time in the long run. And people falling away and losing people that it's too much for them or they're not looking for something serious and you are, thank God, think about it. You just save yourself so much time and energy. Like, sayonara, bye-bye. This goes for a lot of females. We try to impress guys with our beauty and our body. Just know that your looks are the least interesting thing about you. And I promise you, if a guy is DMing you, you're so beautiful. Oh my God. He is literally messaging the same exact thing to a thousand other women. And that goes to show that he can easily be distracted and he'll see a girl that is quote unquote hotter than you and you'll lose him. Do you really want someone that they base how much they like you off of whether your hair is long or straight enough? Like, no, thank you. I know that I don't. Aim for someone that wants to know your mind before what's in between your legs. That's all I can say. I would also cry over losing over losing people and rush to be in a relationship. But now, like I said, I smile when I lose people. Um, ideally, not always. But in the long run, it's a good thing because anyone who is meant for you won't miss you. Anybody or anything that's meant to be in your life won't easily slip away. And I want you and I want myself to get to the point where we are so fulfilled and happy alone that we will only entertain a person who will add immense value in our life. So take things slow and avow, allow the relationship to develop naturally. And the last two here, this one is connecting over past traumas and trauma bonding through insecure attachment, as well as craving a boyfriend because I'm afraid to be alone. I'm at a place where anything that you can give me, I can give myself and then some. So give yourself everything another person can't. Or maybe they can, but you satiate and satisfy that itch for yourself. And also, it's okay to share similar wounds, but if you are not actively working on those wounds or in therapy, then it's just going to form a trauma bond and maybe a very toxic relationship and we have to stop romanticizing dysfunctional, unhealthy relationships. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe they are fun in your early twenties or it's exciting, but really it's just a headache. And I'm at a place where I am craving peace, not chaos and drama. So it's a no for me. And the last one is well, only thinking of the present. An example I can give is if they're really good in bed, it's good enough for me right now. I won't get into a relationship with them, but I'll just sleep with them because they're really good in bed. So for now it's good. And then when I find something better later, then I'll say goodbye to them. Like, no, for me, I'm almost 30. I have to ask myself, would this person be a good husband? Will he be a good father for my future children? Will this person allow me to grow and achieve the future that I envision for myself? If it's a no, then I have to be a little harsh and strict and walk away. Because not that I don't have time to waste. I, I don't believe in like a timeline or my time running out, but why bother? Really, why bother? If I know that the person isn't meant to be my significant other in the future, then 
might as well cut the ties now and just enjoy my present alone by myself because I know I'm going to be in my future. So yeah, dating at 30 versus dating at 20. Like I said, they say that your 20s are the best years of your life, but for me, I'm just getting started. And I'm really fortunate enough to have gone through the many adversities and, you know, failures, air quotes. <laughs> I use that word cautiously because I feel closer to myself than ever before. And I feel like I am a person that my younger self would be proud of. I do find myself, like I said, being attracted to green flags and manifesting higher quality people more and more who align with the life I want for myself and the partner that I want. And the biggest change is going for quality over quantity and making myself my top priority. And through this, those low effort people will naturally fall away. I promise you. So the last 10 years has been a journey of immense healing and inner transformation and just knowing that everything and everyone that is in your experience that you manifest in your life is just an external representation of where you're at. I see it as a gauge, really. So whereas in the past, I used to put the responsibility on others for treating me like shit or getting ghosted. Now I take full accountability for who and how I live my life, who I let in. So be more selective, be more intentional with your time, your focus, your energy, your love. It's okay to not be perfect and to make mistakes and have slip ups, but just notice when your shadow is trying to run the show and you're tempted to return back to that place of low self-worth energy. And lastly, my new motto is, if I'm not a hell yes for you, then you are a fuck no for me. So this Valentine's Day, I really encourage you, take yourself out, treat yourself, date yourself so that you can be happy and alone. It is possible. There is a difference between being lonely and alone. But today, be happily alone by choice with the very first and foremost love of your life from now until forever, yourself. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect with me, I am on Instagram at Lauren M. Coletti. I will put that in the show notes and I'll talk to you in the next episode.